the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vandebonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And this is a special social distancing episode <laughs> of the Media Nerds Podcast. We are not in the same room together. We are both at our respective homes, um, as is many other people as we're seeing in the media. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Of course, we're experiencing the COVID-19 pandemic um, here in Winnipeg, as, as it is around the world. And uh, so we've decided to do our podcast remotely um, using a, just to let people know, we're using an app called WebEx Meetings, which is like the, the app that our college uses. Uh, this is probably what we're going to be using to teach classes over the next few weeks as well. And so we've just kind of set it up so we can talk to each other and record it and then put that up as a podcast. Well, I'm saying right now, I'm not doing any WebEx classes. Oh, no? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to post, I will post the stuff online with the, I, that, I mean, that's how I did my master's degree. You post stuff online and then you provide instructions to Interesting. engage with. It's just easier. I mean, um, distance education is all about keep it simple. Stupid. And I'm stupid in that scenario. Okay. But, uh, but I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. And let's, uh, let's get the school year over. <laughs> pretty much what's going on. Yeah. So for those <laughs> yeah. who don't know. <laughs> Um, our employer, Red River College, has decided, like many other uh, educational institutions across the country, across the world, really, uh, to not cancel classes, but to move everything online so that we're not interacting with our students, so we are keeping our social distance from them, as, as it were. And so we have to figure out a way to deliver the content as well as we can um, through an online platform. And I've always been, like, I've never been a fan of online classes. I've never liked it as much as an in-person class. I've done a couple of them with our uh, CAE program, and it just never, it never feels the same to me. I just don't, don't like it. No, and, but I mean, it's good for if you're independently motivated uh, to do work, to work on your own. I mean, I like doing, I like doing it. When I got my master's degree, it just made everything more flexible. But there was definitely a fall off of people who who couldn't be self motivated. There's a big, there's a big, there's, it's got a much larger dropout factor, I'd say. We are here to talk about the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and how it has affected media over the last few weeks. So uh, first, let's get into the nerd news. Nerd news. This one I know you're going to love. Uh, I've only got the one story this week, but uh, the headline is Universal Studios movies are currently that are currently in theaters are going to be made available on demand this week. No way. Did you not know this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, I'm just being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic because it's like, what else are they going to do exactly? Well, it's, all the theaters the are pretty much shut building? down, right? There's yeah, no yeah. movie theaters in operation. Um, and you've been advocating for this for years. You've always <laughs> wanted this. No. I said we'd be willing to pay more, but here's the problem. They waited too long, so now we're not willing to pay more. Now we're willing to pay about the same amount. Well, it's a 20 bucks, so they're, they're charging, I guess, $20 American, which would probably be about 25 bucks Canadian. And um, they're going to make these films. There's only a few here. It's The Invisible Man, The Hunt, and Emma. Mm -hmm. um, available on services such as Amazon Prime or Apple, I guess iTunes or whatever you want to call it now, uh, the Apple service and some other ones, uh, Comcast, I guess, which is something, in, and we don't get that Comcast, we don't get Sky, Sky is a British uh, service. But basically they're saying, if you want to see this, if you don't want to go to the theaters, but you still want to see these movies, they are available to you. And so I saw you tweet today, mm -hmm. the closures, you're saying, is this the end of theaters? And is this going to be the norm now? Yeah, I think, I mean, I personally think that, uh, you know, a lot of them will close down. 
I think, uh, you know, it's sad, the, the shared movie experience, but it's the same thing, you know, that you and I have talked about a lot in the past, which is, you know, like when Rogue One came out, I remember just being like, oh, the worst part is like not having reserved seats, which I didn't for Rogue One and uh, having to rush there and and uh, just not sort of not know where you're going to be sitting and everything. And I was like, I'd pay 50 bucks just to avoid that whole scenario. And uh, oh, and I should also say that uh, they released Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker early for purchase and Frozen 2 is now on Disney Plus. Yeah. So they did they, they did a few things. Yeah, and I think that, um, like, I still think there's a place for the theater-going experience for those big movies, but we've talked about in the past where they don't need to be open seven days a week. Um, we don't need to have as many theaters as we do, and, and movies certainly don't need to run in theaters as long as they have. In, in many cases, a week or two weeks is fine, and then they can move on to the next film. I kind of feel like it should be, like, um, in a small-town theater like Selkirk. I, I grew up, part of my uh, childhood was spent in Selkirk, and I used to walk down to the movie theater there, and there was a single theater that would only show one movie at a time for a week. Yeah. And it was fine. So you could go down there and see the movie, and then go back next week and see another movie. And that was great. And I think that's kind of where we're kind of going back to basics with this stuff, because most of these films are going to be available on demand. And would you, so is $20 enough? Is that too much? Or is that a good price, do you think, for getting the chance to see it first? Yeah, that's probably okay. That's like two movie tickets. Pretty much. So you can stay at home with your significant other, your family, and make your own popcorn. That's the other thing is they're losing out on all that popcorn and snack revenue because that costs. That's the real cost of going oh, to the yeah. these days. Get they are snacks. in the restaurant business. Pretty much. Yeah, well, the shitty food rest <laughs> restaurant business. Candy business, uh, really. Yeah. They're just taking the exact same candy that costs less than half as much and just yeah. jacking the prices. And I should also say that uh, my friend Sean Garrity's movie was supposed to open... Uh, at Cineplex next week. And he emailed me, uh, I emailed him first and said, well, now you can't be a guest speaker anymore because we closed the school. And then he emailed me back and said, uh, well, I guess, hey, hey, there's no better time to release a movie than this week. And he said, uh, they have to delay it. They, they have to delay the showing. And he said, uh, he said sarcastically, I'm gonna delay it, uh, delay the premiere for uh, the week after the apocalypse. <laughs> Oh, I, I you know good. everybody's trying to deal with this, but I mean, there's technology that solves the problem, and that's why the theaters are in trouble now. Yeah, and I remember when we had him on the podcast a couple of years ago, and he talked about getting his movies on Netflix and that whole process, and that was really right. interesting uh, to learn about how all that works. Uh, but that certainly is the future here, and it's surprising. The only reason, in my opinion, that theaters have lasted as long as they have is because Hollywood continues to support. The theatrical release like that is still a big part of filmmaking they still push people to the theaters I'm not sure why do they make more money that way do you think or is it just like a tradition they're hanging on to no i i think it's true you know it's a money-making business for uh and it's a certain demo that they make the money from for the most part and, and that's young young men for the most part and especially they, they can make just they cut out the middleman cut out the theater which is the middleman and they release direct to like on demand and they can make just as much money, if not more, from people streaming it at home, right? Yeah, you would think. But then I think that opens up another can of worms, which is if all movies are suddenly available as they're released for the same price, then now, now you just start getting people being pickier and choosier about what they're streaming. And then it also gives all the power to the streaming service. So, I mean, if you decide to go with a Netflix or an Amazon Prime, 
then once again, you're pretty much building up those institutions, which, you know, which maybe you want more control of your film than what those streaming services are ready to give you. But that's like that's where we that's where the Disney Plus comes in and these different right. streaming services. Peacock is the one that NBC Universal is launching. Um, so this this presumably these films, which are Universal films, would be made available on that streaming service first, right? right. You get exclusive rights to the films that are made by that studio. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's really interesting. It's really I, I'm curious to see what kind of uh, uh, uptake is going to be. Like, how many people are going to take advantage of this? I wouldn't mind seeing the Invisible Man. To be honest, I thought. Um, I guess that was supposed to be part of the whole Dark Universe thing, the whole Universal. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, I don't. I think that's whole all done. That Dark Universe thing is is not going to happen. Oh, really? Well, I mean, that's what they say because the Mummy tanked, but I actually didn't mind that movie. I thought the Mummy was was not a bad movie at all. Anyway, I would see the Invisible Man. That's a lot of these ones that are available right now. I would, I could see myself. I might even do it just to support the idea. Oh, I got some bad news for you. You can't see the Invisible Man. Ah! <laughs> It's just a blank screen for two hours with some audio, and that's it. That's All the right. worst money I've ever spent. <laughs> you can't even see the guy. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Let's talk now about um, how the media is adjusting to this, what's changes yeah. that we've been seeing in the media. But I want to start with a question. It's, it's come up a lot in my social media feeds over the last few weeks. A lot of people are claiming that news media has been exaggerating this pandemic in order to get more clicks, get more views. Have you seen anything like that in your experience? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen a bit of that. I, I you know, I, I've seen I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I've seen people who are, you know, social distance shaming <laughs> on yeah. one hand, and then I've seen people who are just far too nonchalant about the whole thing. And we were like, yeah, this is a conspiracy made up by the deep state or whatever. It's, an anti, it's a it's a vaccination campaign to get everyone to start vaccinating yeah. or something like that. I've seen a couple of those posts and it's yeah. kind of disturbing, to be honest, that people disturbing. really believe this stuff. Well, it's disturbing because, um, you know, that yeah, what would be required for this to be just a conspiracy is the world's governments to all agree that they're going to, like, pull the wool over the eyes of the populace to... Uh, and just say there's a pandemic uh, to make everybody stay home and crash the market, something like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the end game would be there. But, that makes sense. Um, you know, uh, and it would require coordination that I don't think is possible. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I'm thinking of, in terms of media, like I don't watch as much U.S. media as you do as far as the yeah, news goes. Yeah. But I find locally here, our local news has done a pretty good job of just reporting what's happening. They're not exaggerating. They're not um, taking things out of context. Basically, they're just telling people to stay home. They're talking. They're they're kind of repeating the government's announcements around you know, like schools and that kind of stuff. So there hasn't been a ton of sensationalization, in my opinion, as far as getting more people to view their particular network. Yeah, I think that's true, and uh, and I and I have to say, like, I don't really see. I see a preponderance of people on uh, of me news media on the cautionary side, and that's U.S. and and Canada. 
are advocating for extreme caution and uh, caution from spreading the virus that is but i find that by the end of the day if i have cnn all day on all day i'll think i i tend at the end of the day i think this is horrible and the world is falling apart but then i go buy a few groceries and it's like hey well the grocery store looks pretty full to me of groceries <laughs> like <laughs> well some sections are, are more bare than others you know the old paper toilet paper hoarding epidemic of 2020 that was a bit much I, I actually had a standing doctor's appointment on friday and my doctor's like why people are hoarding toilet paper is beyond me he was like that is ridiculous all it took was one person to do it and they yeah. almost follow suit yeah um, we had a good we had a good laugh about it and then he mentioned things that people should actually be hoarding which i will not <laughs> i won't say it on the podcast start another like stampede let's not do that no um, but, no but he's like on the list of things to hoard um toilet paper is like at the bottom of the list really because there are alternatives and i, I was i was actually thinking you know hey there's all kinds of there's there's uh i'm sure people have gym socks laying around you could use those colin lohe yeah. uh he's starts posting these youtube videos he's very very, very funny and he's posted a couple of ones about alternatives around the house to toilet paper, like a yoga mat or uh, Star Trek trading card collection. Paper towels, out of season cocktail napkins, repurposed ends of roll, dryer sheets, kitchen catchers, unused gift wrap, this thing, oven mitts, socks without partners, leggings, notices of traffic violation, Tortillas. Damn it, he so beat me to the punch. I was thinking about doing the same thing because it's so funny. It's, it's, it's such a funny idea just walking around the house and finding. And actually, it reminds me, Shaun of the Dead, where he's throwing record albums at the. And he's like trying to pick, figure out which ones are worth keeping and which ones are not. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. What can I wipe my ass with around the house? And you can find some pretty funny pop culture stuff. Or you'd be like, I'd be fine wiping my ass with this piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> when you go into the world, it seems pretty normal. Like nothing's really. The cars are still there. People, it's not like abandoned. It's not like a ghost town. We're not seeing Twenty Eight Days Later yet. Mm. Um, but I wonder if anybody was just going to stay inside. And there are people who are like, you know, the elderly people who are more susceptible to this than others who are really not going out at all. If you were just to stay inside and consume the news, would you get a sense that it was worse than it really is? Yes, you would. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just based on my own observation, like, oh, hey, of course, it's invisible, so nobody knows. <laughs> we're, all, we're all a little bit kind of on edge. I think I coughed at the very beginning of this podcast, and I was like, I don't think I've coughed in some time, but it's like, you know, every cough scares everybody. And uh, <laughs> I heard a guy actively change direction when he saw me coming. Like he saw, he was, I was walking yeah. down the street and he was walking towards me. He looked up and saw me and he like moved further away from me as I was uh, walking towards him. Like I, can... I don't think, I don't think so. And in Canada, there was that dental conference in Canada that was responsible for a lot of people being infected. Oh. Ironically, the, probably the people best equipped to handle the spread of infectious diseases turned out to be one of the worst places you could go catch it. Um, and it seems like prolonged uh, pro, uh, you know, if you're in a prolonged proximity of someone who has it, that's when you're when you're in the most trouble. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, like if you're really scared, then you're just going to stop eating because everything is handled by somebody. Right. You know? 
somewhere somebody's handling the food that you're eating, whether it's a restaurant or skip the dishes or a grocery store. So at some point, you're just going to have to, unless, you know, and, and it's, it's Canada, so we can't grow anything outside. <laughs> but nobody's nobody's really recommending that. What they're all they're recommending is that we stay away from large crowds. That's all I'm hearing in the news. Right. Right. So you don't go to a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, but it's okay to go through a drive-through. Um, we'll get to the emails in a second. I want to save that discussion for the end about all the emails we've been receiving from our various um, um oh, right. yeah. fans. But I've written uh, before, some of those, by the way. Yeah. Before we get there, <laughs> um, I do also want to talk about how the media has changed in the last few weeks to adjust to this. Uh, we're seeing a lot that it started off last week with some really weird empty theater um, uh, late shows like like um, uh, Colbert uh, basically just just broadcast his rehearsal right. um, because he couldn't have an audience there. That was last week. This week, Colbert is broadcast is basically just posting videos from his house. So he yeah. was he was in the bathtub last night or the other night. Last night he was outside in his backyard by his by the fire, and he's basically just kind of recording a monologue from his home every night just to kind of stay relevant and to stay yeah. in the minds right yeah and jimmy jimmy fallon is doing the same thing although i would argue not as well as colbert fallon is just not as funny yeah i agree he's also involving his wife and his children which is not as funny yeah uh, but we're seeing a lot of media doing this like a lot of people obviously i think i don't think they're actually showing these um videos on actual tv i believe they're just running reruns of colbert and 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 fallon for now john oliver um was interested i liked his show and it was kind of funny because i thought oh man like he always pauses for the applause and the laughter and he just still delivered the jokes and didn't really like i it's really hard to deliver jokes with punchlines um when there's no audience laughing yeah like as anyone who's in my class can tell you it is hard <laughs> tell jokes when nobody's laughing, but he, I thought he did a really good job of doing that. And also, um, he had the news that apparently there were people working in the CBS building where they record who had a coronavirus. Right. And so he could not actually be in the building. So that was a little, and he said two people had it apparently in that building. I mean, you don't want to be doing the show from there, but I thought that was, he had a little bit of a news hook there. Yeah, and, and he did, he he did a well. different kind of thing. So he still maintained a professional maintained a professional look to it although it was kind of a bat white background um so it wasn't like recording in my bathtub level of uh professionalism but i think obviously colbert did that for the laugh but um but still managed to kind of put out a decent show um that was very much along the lines of what he usually does just without the laughter really yeah uh, and you know i hey every time this used to be something that talk show hosts would do just because they wanted to not because they had to <laughs> which is like to revive interest in the show, just change it up a little. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see them doing it because they have to. And John Oliver at the end was like, we're going to, okay, we're leaving the air and who knows when we'll be back. You know, like, we don't know who, who we have no idea what's going to happen. And I, and I hope like, I would like to see a continuation of that, of, of the nightly show having a live broadcast. I think that's important actually. Yeah, to be able to do that. And I think there's there's different. I mean, not everything. And I've been noticing noticing this online, too. Not everything has to be sentimental and mawkish or, uh, you know, stark warnings. And 
not everything has to be that way. There's different, you know, it's, it's good to have comedians. That's what comedians do is they make fun of the situation that we're living in. And so I have no problem. Like some people, you know, you know, there's no time. I, oh, I'm woke, so I don't like jokes, but I'm pumped. But that's the little rhyme that goes along with that. But it's like, uh, you know, there's, a, there's many different approaches to discussing what's going on. And I think sometimes a comedy show has a greater reach than what maybe the nightly news has these days. I, I agree. I'm more inclined to want to watch a comedy show than the news because I know I'm going to at least get some laughs out of it. Um, you can get a lot of news from John Oliver. Yes, and he's yeah. proven that over and over again over the past year, number of years that he's been on the air. That's why he keeps winning Emmys for that show. He's just, it's such a good show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know what Kimmel's doing. Is Kimmel doing shows from his house or is he doing anything like that? I haven't seen uh, what Kimmel's doing. I have not seen Kimmel, to tell you the truth. I'm just thinking about that. No, I haven't seen him. For some reason, I've seen, I've had all the other ones just fed to me through my algorithms. Uh, and ironically, it's coming up on YouTube for me. Okay, yeah. Ironically, I like Jimmy Kimmel the most, and I haven't actually seen what he's up to. I'm gonna search and see if he's done anything quickly. Sure. Um, coronavirus forces late night TV shows to tell jokes from home. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of us. Like the rest of it. I'm gonna actually. I was thinking about doing this so that they show this image. The first image that Jimmy Fallon does, he he draw, draws a little on piece of paper. He draws his logo in marker the tonight show starring jimmy fallon but he spells deliberately hopefully deliberately spelled starring wrong oh, um staring staring yeah, that's what it says yeah that's um funny. yeah jimmy kimmel did do one jimmy kimmel hides from the coronavirus and his kids in a home office monologue so yeah uh, yeah self-quarantine so they're all kind of doing this they're all just basically it's like one video it's like a 10 to 15 minute video of them just doing kind of a monologue from home and that's it. And they're just, you know, kind of staying in the, in the public eye. Um, I would say that uh, YouTube these days is just as, as much watched as the regular show, probably more so. But we've talked about in the past all these shows just basically become YouTube clips. Like that's what all they do is kind of cut these shows up into little YouTube clips and put them online. And yeah. uh, so that's what they're doing here. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Good for them. Well, and, you know, we're, we're talking about movie theaters being in trouble. I remember my joke about Conan O'Brien is, is if he keeps getting promotions, pretty, pretty soon his show's going to be a five-minute YouTube <laughs> on a nightly basis. I would have to say Conan's been pretty funny. He's been posting funny videos, like, more in the sketch uh, variety rather than monologues. Like, he did a funny bit. Yesterday was um, St. Patrick's Day, of course, and uh, he made a joke about washing your hands with Guinness and with – Jameson's whiskey and with Lucky Charms and he's and he was singing uh, Danny Boy as you know you're supposed to sing while you wash your hands so he did that and he, in the middle in the end of it he's like this is just too silly I'm sorry it's just too silly. Yeah, and and I think as we move forward, there's going to be more examples of this kind of stuff happening. Yeah, for sure. You know, on the other hand, did you hear um, Fargo, the new season of Fargo with Chris Rock was supposed to start? Okay. Uh, but it turns out that they weren't done shooting, the, or they weren't done, I, yeah, I think shooting the last two episodes. So now they're not going to air it. Oh. As promised. So there's, there's going to be, I think, some casualties where... The whole season wasn't done. 
or uh, the movie wasn't finished, or who knows what happened, and and who knows what they're gonna do to. I think in some cases they'll finish them. In some cases, the the stuff will just be abandoned. I think it's gonna. Yeah, it depends on what what mm. far along in the process they are with yeah. production. There are still a lot of things that are still coming out. Although a lot of movie premieres, like they've talked about, um, the Bond. Of course, the new Bond movie's been postponed. Uh, the Black Widow film has been postponed. Things of again going back to the theatrical releases. Those are being postponed because those are gatherings. But again, there's nothing to say they can't just release those movies on demand. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, yeah you can do it. Yeah, they, they, I, I, if the film is done, then I'd say release it on demand. Yeah. I think if it goes on long enough, they will do that. They, the problem with now is, I mean, my idea back in the day was charge a premium to watch Rogue One at home, and we'll pay a premium because it's a special blah, blah, blah. Whereas now they run the risk of if they add a premium to you buying it, then it'll just look like they're capitalizing from people's pain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now that's the problem. Well, so, I think what they're, they're trying to say is that the, the $20 fee it costs to rent, and these are just to rent. Like they're not saying you can buy, you can't buy these movies yet. It's $20 to rent it for 48 hours or something like that. And they're just saying, because it is, this is the, the highest quality, like, this is the first chance you're going to get to 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 watch it, right. I mean, I, but I think that works for things like Star Wars and and the Marvel movies and these big franchises. Whereas, um, you know, uh, the the regular movie that comes out, like any any whatever the other one is, I don't even know what that other one is about. Oh, I just remember thinking I have no interest in it. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, it, yeah. nobody cares, right? If it's not a franchise that has a fan base, nobody's going to pay twenty dollars to see that in the theater. Yeah. Right? Those are the kind of movies people go see those movies just because they're interested in seeing a movie in the theater and they don't know what they're going to see. Although I think that happens less frequently now than it used to. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff they could do for the franchises like Star Wars and that kind of stuff for sure. Right. Um, right. Let's talk about the emails because this has just been a freaking. I cannot believe every single company I've ever given my email address to has been emailing me over the last few weeks to assure me that they're dealing with the COVID nineteen. Uh, epidemic as you know as best they can and for like i can see getting those from some places like movie theaters landmark cinemas emailed me cineplex emailed me that's fine but i don't need to know what tim hortons is doing like they're, pra uh, they're practicing good sanitary procedures great that's something they should have been doing before this all started i don't need to know that they're continuing to do that right that's uh, a little bit much right uh, it's like it's like i've made some changes i'm now bathing you know, like I made some important changes going forward. Yeah. But I, and actually, Tim Hortons ran that uh, as a full page letter in today's Globe and Mail. Uh, that's they, that they're shutting down their, their like the interior, right? That's right. what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's fine. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the initial email I got from Tim Hortons last week that told me that oh. they just that basically they're just continuing to practice safe and sanitary procedures so as to not transmit yeah. COVID-19. Now, I think um, part of that is that they want to try and combat the idea that a restaurant is a bad thing to go to right. uh, in this day and age, because there's so much, so many people out there who are afraid to go out, who are afraid to eat out right now. Yeah. That, uh, they're trying to kind of let people know, no, 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 it's okay. We're still wearing gloves. We're still washing our hands. Nobody here is sick. Um, that's the message you're trying to get. Out. That's what every restaurant basically is trying to say right now. But it just, yeah. it proves to be a little bit much in my opinion. Yeah, I well, I mean, I sort of feel I, I agree with that, but at the same time, um, what I'm, what I feel bad for is the good local business that is on has thin margins. They like a restaurant, for instance, 
and they're not, you know, they basically have to be open every day to pay staff and to keep the place running. And they have, they should have a full dining room every day, really. Like that's the goal, right? Right. That right. And table turnover and, and people eating lunch congregating together downtown is what a lot of businesses are built on. Yeah. They're built on that. Like they're built where the people are so that they, so that they can make money. And uh, to me, like, uh, I see letters going out from, from these nice locally owned businesses and uh, like you want them, you want them to do well and you want them to be profitable uh, and you want them to be able to sustain the business. And I think all of us are just kind of, you know, we'd all like to help out in some way, but there's so many, there's so many great local businesses. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't really know. And I think we're all, you know, there's all these suggestions online about what we can do to try to help them out. But there are so many that there will be some casualties, I'm afraid. Yeah, unfortunately. Even, like, I'm trying to still buy stuff and, you know, go out there and do whatever's open um, and to to give them my money to buy things there that um, because I care about their continued existence. But, you know, I'm only one person and you know, everybody sort of has to decide and, and not to mention things like charities like Manitoba Harvest and things like that, that are, you know, that rely on charitable donations and people giving them food and stuff. Volunteers as well, right? Yeah, all of that stuff. Like, oh man, there's a lot that hands in, hangs in the balance. So when I see some of these letters and, and, you know, I just think, yeah, it's true. We don't need letters from everybody, but at the same time, uh, my heart goes out to these businesses because they're, you know. Yeah, we do need them for some of the, some yeah, of the yeah. people, for sure. Like, I was actually reluctant. We, we put out a statement about FanQuest last week. I was reluctant to do that. I'm like, nobody cares. FanQuest is in three months. Like, we're not going to worry about it right now. But people like the committee were like, no, no, we have to say something. I'm like, oh, we're going to say that we're still, as far as we know, still planning to go forward. Unless something changes, we'll let you know. That's all we can say. Um, but I was really was reluctant to put that out there because I was like, hey. And then, you know, it was it also went along with the message of, Everyone just keep cool. It was a Yoda, by the way. It was a Yoda meme. Um, but it was like, uh, keep calm. You will. I can't do Yoda. Uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was just kind of a, a half joke, half serious. Like we're okay. Everyone's gonna be okay. Relax. Right. Don't don't panic. It's all gonna be right. fine. Oh, I should have used don't panic, man. I should use Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, although that that's been used so much. Yeah, I guess, eh? Yeah. Oh, you know, the one that the one that I was thinking uh, was your fan quest poster. My favorite one. Wash your hands. H-A-N-S. <laughs> Remember that was you that posted was from the that. social. That was at the, our yeah, Star Wars yeah. social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I posted that on with before all of this, I posted it on my Star Wars <laughs> Winnipeg Instagram. Right. And because I love it so much, but I was like, oh, yeah, I never even thought of it. You you saw that coming a mile away. Well, that's not what we meant, but yes. Oh, yeah, but you, like, that was amazing. <laughs> that's one of those coincidences. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's, you know, who knows how long this is going to go on for. I don't think the local businesses can sustain for much longer. They say we should order, I guess, skip the dishes from those places if we can. But right. people, people are going to be paranoid about the skip the dishes drivers. Like, it's it's all going to be... I don't know. It's just not, not a great situation that it cannot be sustained for much longer. I, I would argue like a couple of weeks is basically all we have with this. If it goes yeah. much longer than that, then, then people are really going to be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that we're not yeah. talking, we're not talking really at all about the actual transmission of the virus or people getting sick and, and or dying because that risk still remains very, very low here. And I know other parts of the world are much worse off than we are, but you know, here in Manitoba, we have 15 cases so far. Yeah. Where are we up to 15? 
I, I believe 15 right now as, a, as of this recording yeah and so, that's and, and no deaths no deaths yeah that's and they're apparently all linked to travel so the all these people yeah. were people who went out to were in asia in the last right. month or so so yeah that's kind of where we're at but it's uh it's really this weird situation and we'll see how it evolves we'll see like how is this going to affect the election it's got to affect something they said they're, they're calling i think they called off some primaries that were supposed to happen yesterday um uh, i can't remember it they yeah then but i mean part of it is i so i saw them reporting some of those primaries yesterday and i was like who cares you know what i mean exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. who, cares? who cares and so i just i was like nah sorry i'm not uh you know whatever it looks like biden has a lock anyway at this point so i was so. like yeah so i was kind of like i don't think i need to watch it so i didn't so i never did find out which ones went ahead and which ones didn't go ahead yeah but uh but yeah like the other side of this is um oh boy hey what a perfect you know what we've been saying all along it's a perfect reason uh, for trump to not have an election right, right. you know what i mean yeah. like that's the thing we got to be watching for but i mean not yet but let's see hey let's see let's see where we're all at at the end of uh this summer i mean that's what i think like it's very tough right now because everybody keeps talking about flattening the curve right. spreading <laughs> the virus like that's become a cliche <laughs> Right. And, it has, and social distancing as well. Those are going to be the two phrases yeah. of 2020, yeah. social distancing and flatten the curve. And I just, I can't stop thinking of jokes to make about these two terms, but yeah. they make me laugh. They do really do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And also I was making fun of it yesterday, but here's some tips for working at home. Like, oh God, like, yeah, we, we know, do the work. You know, I, I, I say the only, yeah. only bright spot out of all this is the idea that I can work from home now for the next couple of months. Like I don't have to wear pants. I'm pretty happy about that's that. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, wait, we do have a work meeting coming up, and part of me was like, "Do I need to bathe before this?" No, you don't. Is there? I don't know. Is there a video on this meeting? You don't have to have video. I don't think. I think. Uh, and now, uh, getting back to what we first started talking about, I am planning on doing WebEx classes because I just find the best way to deliver my material is through a discussion. So I'm going to try it out and see how it works next week. I'm going to do live uh, streaming. Wow uh classes and then I'll, i mean i'm still going to record them and post them yeah. on on uh youtube or wherever to so that people can watch them after the fact but i'm still going to try and, and do live classes and see how that goes um i'm lucky the only downside to my class to my radio class specifically is that the quality of audio because most of the students do not yeah. have the proper recording equipment at home they have the software they have the computers but they don't have the right microphones so they won't right. be able to record great quality projects which is you know they'll learn about it but as far as like having a portfolio piece they won't have anything that's usable for a portfolio piece right so that's the only downside for my classes but i think i think it's going to be fun i'm going to try and have some fun with it do you have a test in your class no i got rid of the test okay see i have a test in my class and so my really the only thing that i really get needs to still get my head around is what will this test be it's more likely to be a written something but I got to figure out what so I think there's we have stuff that you can do it online. You can you can actually now the problem is how do you make sure they're not cheating and just checking stuff on their That's computer? There's no point. There is no point to like you can't invigilate it. If you send out your you know, if you send out a big test to everybody now, you've just basically circulated something that can be sold for years in the future. Even though, <laughs> even though it's bogus, like even though I would change it next year, it doesn't right. once as soon as somebody has something in their hands called the test, you open it up to that. And um, so I don't know. I think it's got to be like 
the assignments they're working on for me right now, I've got this big assignment, the proposal assignment coming in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, you know, they're, hey, okay, students are panicking. What? That's never happened before. They're all panicking. <laughs> they can't figure it out. They, they... I very distinctly remember my proposal assignment and panicking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did that. I'm getting emails that are like, like what's a proposal? <laughs> no. no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, hey, everybody's panicked at this point. And I'm, you know, I don't, I'm, maybe I need to fully express to my students my feeling, which is, hey, let's get through this. We'll all be okay. Let's just get the work done and we'll, let's move forward and let's do this. We'll have to make but, up for some of this somehow next uh, year. Right. There's going to be some form of catch up of some kind. And there's, oh, by the way, you'll be happy to know, Dan, there's 10,000 emails going around about the work placements. So no. at some point, the college will decide how we're going to handle those. And, um, you know, like we're, we'll all get, we'll all get through it. But you know, I, I I even think I mean there's there's a case here for lightening some of the assignments for sure. Oh yeah, and I've done that. I've done I've lightened my. They were going to shoot a video for me. Now they're just doing the pre production for that video. So you know, mm -hmm. there's, th there's things like that that are just you know, it's just common sense to just lighten it up a little bit and right toward the end, let's just get everybody out of the school and like get. Onto the summer jobs. I hope. I hope there's still summer jobs and things like that. There probably will be. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Some work from home stuff. But do you, do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the mic quality and the equipment quality and stuff. That's really that's really my only concern. The theory is going to be solved. They'll they'll have a good idea of what we're talking about here. Um, they will still be able to do some record like editing of of audio, which is part of the learning outcomes as well. Um, but yeah, again, the quality of their voice recordings will not be as good. And I'm going to talk about that as well in class. I'm going to say, well, if you wanted to make better quality recording from home, what would you use? And what kind of equipment should you use? We can talk about the Yeti microphone that I used to use or the right now I'm using actually using a snowball um, microphone. And I have my whole setup here that I haven't actually set up, but I have my mixer and all my other microphones here at home as well. So I can set up my own little podcast studio recording studio here as well. So I'm good yeah. to go. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I was actually going to say you could do a video showing people how that stuff works, but of course, that stuff is at the school. You know, well, and you're, I, I have I've already made videos like that. Like right. I have some videos that I've made about the radio station and the different stuff. So I just share that with students and let them know. Although they can't use it right now, they can't use that equipment anyway. So right, you know. Um, okay, let's wrap up with some recommendations. I have, uh, uh, now of course, as we're all stuck inside, there's a lot more opportunity to watch more TV, more movies, uh, even play more video games. Yeah. Uh, what do you have for us? What are you recommending we watch this week? Or well, I'll tell you um, the video game I've been playing in the evening, and it's funny because I have not played this video game since it was an 8-bit video game back in 19-whatever. I don't even sure. I'm not even, not even sure. I am playing Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus on xbox and it is freaking great it is a, the original wolfenstein game like not the no, original but the not, sequel it is it's uh it's one from i think a couple years ago okay and, and it's so it's yeah it's like up to date for xbox one and it's great i'm just loving the hell out of it it's so fun there's some great I'm, i don't want to spoil any if nobody's played it they might this might be a good time for people to actually try it but it, they do some st stuff in that video game that is absolutely a joy that I've never seen in any other video game. So it's great fun. I think I got it for 10 bucks in a discount bin. Okay. And within, and I just discovered within the game, and this really isn't a spoiler because every game does this now, but within the game is the original Wolfenstein game you can play. You can find a console and play it. 
So oh, okay. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty great game. And as I say, I haven't played a Wolfenstein game since the original came out, I think. So it's it's uh, a real throwback, and I recommend it. It's interesting because you, you had talked about last week uh, or the week before Doom. You, you finished the yeah. Doom game on, on Xbox, uh, which is, I don't know if it's, is it, is that a sequel or is that somehow related or are they not related? They just like produced. Yeah, it's a reboot from uh, once again, about a year or two ago. Okay. And it's great. Um, it's also great. But Wolfenstein, once again, Wolfenstein surprising me with a, a, a pretty hard hitting story so okay. far. I have to say, like, there's some stuff. Even in the opening scene, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm glad there's no kids in the room. Well, that's exactly, well, that's, that was my feeling when I started playing Doom. I started that out this week. I just started it. I started the first, I got to the first kind of point, checkpoint or whatever, the first level. And, man, I felt like I had to chug six Red Bulls to, <laughs> like, it's so intense. It's like the music's like this metal. And you have all these demons rushing at you. And you've got, like, this half, like, shooting them with a shotgun and actually killing them physically with your hands and stuff. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, That's yeah. a great maneuver. That is great. There's all yeah. kinds of stuff. That was so. I've, I've been trying different games since I finished the um, Jedi Fallen Order. I, I've not really settled on one to play. Yeah, the whole thing. I've tried the different ones. But what I was going to recommend to people this this week, I'm the kind of person that likes watching movies. It's about what's happening in the world. So I'm going to re recommend a trilogy of films about virus um, transmission and virus contagion. And uh, the first one being the the Andromeda Strain. Um, which is a classic. It's based on the novel by Michael Crichton, who also wrote Westworld, which is also back on TV, which we can talk about another time. But that was a really good uh, first episode of Westworld we had on the weekend. Um, but uh, the Andromeda Strain is about a um, it's about a virus that gets transmitted from a satellite that crashes on the Earth. It wipes out a town in a matter of days, and then they have to go investigate and figure out what it is that's, that's causing this before it spreads to the rest of the world. And then there's another film called Outbreak, which came out in 1995, and that is starring Dustin Hoffman and uh, Rene yeah. Russo. Uh, Rene Hoffman I, looks ridiculous in that outfit, but he just looks like I remember he's yeah, doing in that outfit. I'm gonna watch it again. I, I remember it yeah. fondly, but I don't know that it holds up. It's been it's again, it's like yeah. almost 25 years old. This film, um, so I'm gonna check that out. And then yeah, that's a similar story, although it's more like an Ebola like a virus. So it's transmitted by monkey. <laughs> and the whole thing with the monkey. Hey, more monkey is the better. <laughs> They have Patrick Patrick Dempsey has the monkey and brings it home to the town and gets everyone sick. So there's that one. And then the one, the final one, which I see is trending on Netflix these days, and it's called Contagion. And that's oh, yeah. the one starring Matt Damon. That's really the closest thing to what's happening right now, although it's a much, much worse virus. But that is a much more realistic look of what could happen for a real pandemic. And uh, that may, many people might not want to watch that because it's too close to home. But it's again, it's a, I think it's a, certainly it can show us how much worse this could be. You know, yeah. so it might make you feel better to know that it's not that bad. So those are the three films I would recommend binging this weekend if you're looking for something to watch. I was going to say there's another one, that, uh, the famous one, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's film with Mark. Oh, my Mark God. And God, no, come on. They're That's running, like, they have to run from the wind. Wait, what happening. The happening. Oh, it's the, the something makes them commit suicide. The plants make them. It's a it's a bad ripoff of. If you want a movie about killer plants, watch Day of the Triffids. That's a much better film, um, or better, better book. Really, it's a it's an excellent book. But um, but yeah, that's a horrible one. There's all kinds of uh, films. Like people always kind of point to the zombie movies as being outbreak movies, but I feel like this is more accurate. These are about actual viruses being transmitted and people getting sick, which is what we're dealing with right now. So those are going to be my recommendations for the for the week. That's very good, and and I have to say, I think this. Uh... 
while we've been having this um, meeting on WebEx, uh, there's been emails going around about it's impossible to get onto WebEx. So a part of me is wondering if we uh, are we the one, if we're the ones who kept everybody from meeting, which is know. funny. If it happened, it's hilarious, but I'll never confess, and they'll never play our podcast. <laughs> so it's perfect. Uh, I think this was pretty good, so I I think we should do this next week. What do you What do you say? Let's keep Let's keep this going. We'll see how this turns out. The audio turns out and everything, but we'll keep podcasting remotely as long as this is going on for, and we'll do maybe Star Wars or there's next week, and then uh, and go from there. Yeah, because I actually thought the last episode of the Clone Wars was a little better. Oh, there we go. Okay, we'll talk about that next I can, week. Then. I can give it some love. All right. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you in the ass.